Hi guys, welcome back to the second part of the Kingston Richmond Youth Council podcast discussing all things masculine. Let's jump right back in. How does masculinity play out in your classroom or like clubs or your general classmates? Um, see, the thing is with masculinity as like a concept, it's very rare that they actually sort of present to you directly face to face with the, the idea of masculinity in these clubs and things. It's just the way I see it normally is there's different expectations. I think that's a better way to put it. There's different expectations for a, um, a guy rather than compared to a girl. I mean, for a guy, it's okay if he's like a class cloud. It's okay if he's, you know, not taking his study seriously. If he starts taking his study seriously, he's seen as a more feminine, I mean, yeah, with the air quotes, feminine man. And he's, he's seen as, you know, if he takes care of his hygiene, he's more feminine. And there's, there's like this arbitrary labeling on both sides. Which I feel like is just, I mean, if you think about it, as a human, if you're unhygienic, that's probably really bad for your health, right? And for people around you. So, so labeling them arbitrarily as, you know, male and female, just think, just rinse the, the richness of life, especially in the social life as well. I think that's, what, that's my, the biggest way I've been confronted by the fact that I am also a man and I'm confronted by people with ideas of masculinity is the fact that you are, you're supposed to always take things in a stride. And in classrooms, you're not supposed to take anything seriously. Everything is just passing. And it's, and you, you might hear this and go, well, come on, you just talked about how like you need to take responsibility and so forth. But that's the thing. There's this bit in the, the 20s and 30s where you're supposed to figure everything out. By the time you're a dad, you need to take responsibility. When you're a kid, you, you have a lot more leeway. You know, boys will be boys, as the phrase goes, you know. And it has been used for, like, very damaging effects, too. But that fact, the phrase, boys will be boys, allows us to have some sort of leeway when it comes to uh, messing about or, you know, doing things that we shouldn't really be doing. And, yeah, that's what I was getting to next. I could jump in if you guys got no, I don't want to just say you mean takeover. But uh, but speaking of someone who's uh, got some years on them and has been through school and, um, you know, and, uh, well, I had time to reflect on it as well. I guess mas masculinity, from my experience, I guess would be also um, impacted by um, my class. So, uh, so lower work class, arguably underclass, but anyway, that's a whole number discussion, um, uh, would be impacted by that. So... Within school, it was very much um, the creation of a hierarchy. And this is, you know, when you say Andrew Tayen, this and that, this is what my experience of school was. And it was, if once you, you try, everyone's trying to clamber to the top by treading on everyone else, by climbing over them, by walking over the weak ones, essentially. Um, and it was all done with a smile on your face. You know, so within in in your class, you're you're just cussing everyone that will that you can even your friends. You know, I mean, we're not we're not just saying it was constant bullying by and bullying probably comes into this toxic toxic masculinity too. So he's uh, trying to make other people feel weak. But that was my main my my experience of school wasn't great. But I did have fun there, and maybe uh, yeah, remember says a lot about me. But um, but that's why I do think that that was my but it, in terms of masculinity and at school. And it was fun to brag about the fact that you had sex when you was however old, you know? Yeah, we could say sex, don't worry. We're okay. This uh, is and, a PG <laughs> and we could say that at school, 
my, me and my friends had a pact that we would all have sex by a certain page and this kind of it was all about Freddie, if you look at it, be funny. There. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm, looking, I'm looking at like how much, uh, like how much nothing is taken. Yeah, yeah. That's like that's the way I'm looking at. Yeah. No, no, no. Go for it. No, go for it. Go for it. I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see where things have changed or whatever. He's 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 very much the same. No, I mean it's just the fact that you know there's conversations mm-hmm. around like a table being like, Pat, I can't can't be a virgin for much longer. This has got to stop. Yeah. It's got to change. But I mean, you give me played as like a you give me played as a a joke but when it comes to the actual feeling of it it's like i remember going every we used to search up the statistics every start every year and go okay so people have their first kiss by 50 i'm 40 out of their time and then you go when i was actually 15 i go wait i haven't had it yet after high you know <laughs> but that's not just you know just the statistics stuff as well it's more like the pressure around the you to sort of you know <laughs> go out and you know, it, it doesn't have to be like a fulfilling relationship. It just has to be sex. Oh, oh, trust yeah. me. Uh, some of my friends had said uh, things that they regretted. You know, and yeah. I had sexual encounters they regret, not things. So, right, but uh, no, no, they definitely did. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just done for the sake. Oh, I, I did it. I don't. When everyone says oh, I've done it, and you're just in the corner being like, I've done it. The best thing is people notice that you're silent. So they'll say like, Oh, pretty. Have you not done anything? And then you're like. Then you have to, and I mean, the uh, play for comedic effect, but in that moment, and when you don't know anything better about what's actually happening, it just, it's like the worst feeling, it's like everything drops and you're like, I, you know, I don't want to tell these people that I'm not cool, right? And this, I mean, you've been talking about this as well, that, you know, the idea of cool is tied to so many, like, we yeah, say like many. masculine, uh, things that are supposed to be masculine traits that are just, it, it's not, Feel like it's not happy for that individual, and I think that's that's another whole other discussion. I don't know if we you know we want to get into that, but that's cool. But yeah, yeah, nah, that's all else. Nah, to be honest, I definitely agree with this. As a as a boys' school student, now be honest with this, like like Prini and I'm see, like I definitely agree. Like you always start up and be like, okay, damn, they had their first sex in sixteen. I'm I'm like I'm dragging. What's going on? I'm 17. What's happening? <laughs> and you just like see your disappointed face, and you're like, and you ask their you're like your mates, and go like, oh, have you lost your virginity yet? And just keep checking on it. And it's quite funny, like how Panis also mentioned about about being cool. And I think that's just about the boys thing about you just want to keep cool, and you just don't want to be the someone that gets attacked, like. What you said and just being on weak ones always get it's always been trampled yeah it's this just natural thing i think in boys school especially so it's so for the younger gabriel there's no pressure all right no, you take the time yeah. mate. Okay. all right yeah. <laughs> don't sing like you definitely don't you feel like you don't want to fall behind your friends to, mm. no way they stay your friends because you think you're gonna lose them if they go ahead of you so how else does the media portray uh masculinity and do you think this has an impact on how young males think that they need to behave? So, do you want to go first? Yeah. I, uh, I'll go for it. So I think these sort of things, they're often tied to a lot of other negative things. For example, oh, you're not allowed to be trans, you have to be a big, strong man, you can't be gay because being gay is how the negative stigma to it. There's a lot of things that people just say that you shouldn't be. You shouldn't really be who you want to be because it's not manly as a you. 
I think the going to the media room, there's this if you see it's like, you know, six packs and I mean I and it could I think maybe touch me a bit more, but like, you know, it's a fact that it's all white guys. You don't see uh like it, uh, people of my color are almost played as like a joke in most films as well. That's it. That's and you know, growing up, you sort of realize that oh, if you see a guy of my color, oh, he's going to be played as a joke. And fair enough, within like twenty seconds, his accent is a joke. So stuff like that, you know, growing up with stereotypes like that in the media, alongside just you know, you need to be buff, you need to be six foot, curly hair, and everything is that you can't change your hair, you can't change how tall you are, can't change my skin color. Um, I just have to sort of, there's no, uh, and these are the stereotypes that, you know, are like perpetrated all across the media. And I think it takes a long time. And I don't think anyone, I mean, at least here, might has fully sort of grappled with the fact that, oh, I'm just not, I, like, I can try, I can, I can do stuff, but am I going to look like Brad Pitt in Fight Club? Probably not. And Fight Club is a very interesting film to talk about this. But anyway, uh, it's like, I'm not going to have the ideal you know body with like you know just definition everywhere right i'm just gonna be an average guy um but that is that is one portrait like men have to be strong that's i think it's a very common trope in media is that men have to be strong and men don't cry in films except when they do it's always played for like the biggest emotional impacts in that film right it's like if he cries well everything's gone bad you know so that's the that's very interesting um thing it's like you know men crying is like the, that's when you know things are gone yeah yeah uh, it's like a very clear signal to the audience but other than that they have to be strong they take charge it's always you know action films are just men most of the time right there are some really good exceptions like terminator and uh alien but most on the like the the 90 are just male when they're just you know the quintessential action you know what you know female actual films sometimes they're not portrayed very well uh, sometimes they are it's they're generally getting better but then there was like this trope that happened like the i'm not like other girls trope what happens is they kind of showed them being girly as a bad thing and then the the uh, main female lead was trying to kind of get out of being feminine which generally is also very uncomfy because then a lot of girls might think i am I can't like makeup, I can't like doing my hair or anything like that because it's considered to be weak. And then there's also the idea that the femininity is shown as weak also kind of creates more of a toxic sense for girls because then they're seen as weak when we are not because we deal with Um One question to you, Paneet, uh, is that you were talking about um, Brad Pitt and like movies and things. So um, how about um, music? Does like with everyone, but um, talking about movies and songs, how do how does like music impact um, impact you? Like, do you have to listen to a certain type of music to be considered as like? Is there any toxic masculinity after like behind mm. what music? You I get that. Mm. I get that. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a very big fan of hip hop, and as for all of its brilliant sound, I I mean, I listen to hip hop because it's, it's very well produced. But anyway, that's. You know, I, I, I have my own personal opinions about that, but hip hop, especially after uh, NWA and the gangster rap gets really popular in the, night, the late 1990s with Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, um, there's this whole genre shift in where, you know, rapping about, you know, having many women, I mean, there are lots of words used for them in, that, in those songs. Um, 
and they are coincidentally rhyme with many of the other songs too. So you know, there's you know all these are getting loads of money, but you're not you're not doing the money by you know, going to a nine to five. No, you're you know you're stealing, you're shooting up people. Um, you know, you get as many women as you can, and it's just like you know you sh- like it's a gang violence. It's just this entire genre of music that like I don't think it's fully let. I mean, now I think the UK has a very it's a different offshoot, but grime uh, not grime no so drill drill has a very similar sort of um, atmosphere to it where it's more like everything is violent and it's like you have to as a man you need to be used to violence and that's a very interesting topic we can explore in a bit if you want that men have to be sort of acclimatized to violence and they in like in music it's a very glorified if you can you know shoot people you just take their lives um it is changing now i mean there is I mean, there are many different waves and so forth, but the idea in at least the core of music I listen to is the fact that male, males have to be very um, comfortable with violence, committing violence, enduring violence, and also, you know, perpetrating many stereotypes, like, you know, having as, bit, as much sex as you can with as many women and, you know, taking as much money as you can, not in legal ways most of the time, but yeah, that's the corner of music artists. Mm, so, so, so within that genre, and from the early days that you're talking about, there has been the rise of female MCs who have taken on those stereotypes and tried to stand up. Own them and stand up. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're still, they're scantily clad. They're showing all their bits. They're shaking most of them too in their videos. I yeah, I spice, don't you? So there you go. I spice would be the more, more recent example. Yeah. So what I'll, are they themselves perpetuating this ideal masculinity? I mean, it's, that's a very hard question for us to answer. It's like, uh, you know, we don't... Yeah, but you, could, you can't ask for that because you can say, yeah, I feel pressured by that to... And then you can say, well, it's not just men doing it. It's actually women. I think, to be fair, yeah, you know what? Because I need to go through my, like, sort of... My extensive repertoire of music <laughs> with the Nicki Minaj and other like, female MCs. But... Um, there are sort of parts where they want to, they want like a man they, they always say they want a man you know he's be able to do this and do that yeah so of course in that case yeah there is a um, a perpetration of uh, masculine tropes but it's been more interesting for me to understand the viewpoint of someone who is a girl and sees this and is it actually them owning up or is something different um, so when it comes to rap with women like rapping they definitely do sort of sort of lead on the whole pers- perspective and the whole sort of thing about women being objects and men sort of overpowering them but then it also comes into quite soft music with like i don't know one direction making their women like damsel in distress as well mm. if you know mm. what i mean yeah yeah that's yeah, another side of it it's, just, yeah. it's like almost like making them powerless or it's like mm-hmm. they're yeah. a chase for it yeah. can i say strip cops Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about because we're talking about how women shake things and such. Because strip clubs, which actually the idea of males like coming in to view women in certain ways, putting them down, showing them as weak, because they have they're getting shown off as though they're like a, I guess people may see it as like animalistic, like a petting zoo where they men just get to do what they want, but they're getting the money for it. Okay, just saying, they just did a turn. I mean, 
see. So, I mean, about strip clubs, I mean, yeah. I think that that's a, I think that's like a symptom of the, the objectification of women, right? I mean, you see that, you know, going back to music and the media, there is a big objectification with it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I think strip clubs are like a really, like, sort of the big, one of the biggest symptoms of it. Yeah, Daniel, there's lots of point in that right, pretty. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a, there, there is the argument, yeah, and I'm going to play that with that because I don't necessarily agree with it, yeah, but it, it's a job mm-hmm. that, that when the women turn up, they know what they're getting into. They're not being necessarily being exploited in the same way a prostitute would be. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you feel with that argument? Can I? It's a very interesting, uh, I mean, I'll see. I'll see how many how many of the guys recognize the name. But I mean, with the rise of OnlyFans, right? There's been a lot of work about. There's a lot of talk about sex work being sort of owned by, like, say, it's like a girl's decision to do sex work. And the thing is, with guys, I'll be very honest. It doesn't. I don't think it matters for like ninety percent of the guys who view their content for them to understand the viewpoint of these female creators. Whether they're doing it because they're being pressured to or this, and that is a big problem itself but um in terms there is a there is a talk about is sex work a choice that women actively make um or is it a you know is it like something that's forced upon them that my my own opinions on this are not that well formulated but what i can say is that it's fundamentally a bit disturbing for me that we like you can earn money by showing some part of you that's quite private even if it's a man or a woman. But in fact, if you see it, the, the, there is more women doing sex work than there are males doing sex work. Um, and that's, I think that speaks to, you know, who's consuming the content as well. And who is it, is who's it actually for. And therefore, you, there's, it's like a very nuanced one. I don't really, I can't really speak on it because I don't know that much, but that's my sort of preliminary opinions. Like, so why did you bring up strip clubs? It was because of like music and the way people talk about yeah, it, music yeah. and the way they talk about boobs and maybe their other bully parts <laughs> within it. Like some, obviously we're talking about women and the way they're getting all the women and they're going into, they, obviously music talks about they're going to strip clubs and maybe they go and splash the cash and that. I mean, to be honest, right, I didn't know this talk would be continued until the OnlyFans part, but <laughs> but be honest, like, it is really disturbing news for me as well. I mean, the por- the pornography, the industry, I guess, I'll take that as OnlyFans. Yeah. Like, looking back to the original question, how the social media portrays the masculinity, you see sometimes, like, let's say, I don't know, really easy access, like, social media, let's say TikTok or Instagram, you see many reels or go like, Oh, I wouldn't date a boy that is on the six foot, or like when he doesn't have the six inches. Mm. By the, oh, he's six six six, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah I don't know if you've heard of that one. And he, and he never. But then six inches, six foot, six figures. Yeah. No, I didn't know. I didn't know what the last six was. Um, no, but like uh, there are standards for women too, and we don't actually read them in that way. Like they could be. But I think to be honest, that that thingy that. The social media actually does impact the young people to make it think, okay, I think six feet is my standard then from now on by looking at that one video of a girl saying, okay, six foot, then I won't date any boys that's under. And going on to that point, the thing with social media as well is the fact that 
let's say I, you know, you start, you date a guy that is not six foot, right? And you post it. The comments you will get, I, you know, some people sometimes don't post their boyfriend because it's like, what comments am I going to get? He doesn't fit the narrative. Like, you know, but do, do, I, do, I, do, I, do I share this? That I met my wife on Tinder. Um, crazy! Wow. Wow. I, I, I don't share this, so I do. I do share it. Okay. Um, and uh, actually, when like, I'm not a big guy, you know, like, you can you can see that, right? But um, I'm five foot eight, right? And then there would be there'll be times where that conversation's got to be had, and at times that was the ending of the conversation, right? So it's so. I think when you don't say the six 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 bit, man, I'm not six foot. I'm not gonna mention the other thing, but I definitely got six figures either. But. Um, I think that would be a pressure for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, talking about private, I have a girlfriend, um, but I'm a five foot seven guy. <laughs> okay. So sometimes I feel like I'm a short king. People would say that. Hey, but that's a wider point. I do think that that's, a, I think we touched on the crux of that issue. It's just like, you know, I think every guy, and if you go in school, it's like, please let me hit six feet, please let me hit six feet. And if it's not, it's like a, it's like a thing where if you're going to, you know, go to a place where there might be girls, you all agree on each other's height before you go. So that you will, at least like one of you or two, most of you will be six feet and it's believable. You know what right? yeah. a new thing or, or have short friends? Cause like we never, we never worried about the height. You're too old as an adult, honestly. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's the, I think that's the effect of social media that we were talking yeah. about. Yeah, right? But it's not like guys never have these standards for women. And most of the time it can be. But that's the thing, like you, I mean, for okay. for male, I mean, we have we do have standards, but also for women, they have some high standards as well. They go like, we want six feet guy, we want him to be fit, like fit, and he and we we want them to pay everything. That's but, not even true. But sometimes when we mention about, I guess their appearance, sometimes and we just get attacked and criticized. And I saw that a lot in real life and on online like social media as well which is really I think stick, I think stick away from yeah, mentioning what? their appearance in the comments and you would never again so to wrap up from this um uh from this conversation of, of this question um I think there were some good points that was brought brought up and especially from the conversation about music as part of the media um, I found a really good quote that we um, got from the voice survey that we did, uh, which I think was mentioned in question, like uh, the first question, um, which was, uh, boys aren't taught what it is to be a man. Um, master, and then it says that most boys uh, in hit this person's area aren't taught how, uh, about how mascul masculinity doesn't mean aggression and dominance, but kindness, strength, and compassion. Uh, which is really shown uh, by the conversation about music and um, the rappers. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so um, moving on to the next question, um, which I feel like we have talked a little bit about before, is how can young men support each other to challenge mas masculine stereotypes portrayed in the media? Because um, we did talk about um, male friendships and how um, men find it hard, boys find it hard to open up because um, their friends might not know how to um, react to their problems. So how do you think that young men can support each other to challenge the masculine stereotypes that's portrayed by the media? Uh, uh, can I try to jump in? Yeah, sure. Right. Okay. So, um, a, lot, a lot of pressure is put on schools, and schools, like, they, you know, I mean, that is where you spend most of the time, right? But I think, that, I think it's about having spaces. So I see this space here that we're in right now, and it's a safe space where we've all felt as males comfortable enough to talk about 
always being a male um, and, and such. And so I think that having these safe spaces and, and the, the professionals that are there and prepared to talk to young people is important. So I'm, I know I've got a vested interest in that. I know I'm a youth worker, but this is exactly why I became a youth worker. This is why I've got a vested interest in it because I need to make these safe spaces and actually I'll show young people, but I've told you that I had toxic masculinity traits when I was a young person, you know, and, and I'm trying to not right my wrongs, you know what I mean? Not, not to that, not to that degree, but I'm trying to educate the, the next generation about actually, um, ways to be a man and a man could be anything. Uh, so, and I, I think that's, I mean, that's one way I think we sort of can do it. It's just by telling, like sort of. I feel like for all like people my age with this, just it's something that just takes like a little bit of like a you know just talking to them a little bit you know just sometimes it's good to have one of those like open and frank conversations where it's like you know hey this is what I think right and they say so if everyone just put their cards on the table you know where everyone's standing right um, and I think it's like the masculine stereotypes portrayed in media are important uh, are important in the way that those who um, you know, may want more guidance in masculinity. I'm not saying that all masculine figures in media are portrayed as, you know, some tos toxic masculine idol. Of course not. There are, you know, admiral men on television uh, and on, um, like, movies. And I think everyone has, like, their favorite hero or someone they look up to that isn't necessarily, you know, give, telling them to do things and be someone they're not. In terms of, like, yeah, you know, to challenging those stereotypes, I do think... Having open conversations, like you said, in the safe spaces like this, uh, is really vital in sort of side that conversation. But also, I think what really needs to be done moving forward is us men need to sort of hold up like each other accountable when things happen. You know, I mean, we've this is on this podcast is on the light of the girls and boys sexual harassment survey. You know, there are lots of statistics here, and there are things like, for example. 20% of boys didn't even know that exposure of body parts could, like, is a form of sexual harassment. That's one in five guys, you know. These, things like this, I'm pretty sure, I mean, and it shows that the majority did know. There is a small 20% of people who did it. So if people had more open conversations, that 20% figure will get lower. Um, you know, likewise, there's 50% of girls felt pressured to sending explicit pictures of themselves, right? And if all the guys had an honest conversation about, look, do we do we really need to do this? You know, at this age and at this time, is this really necessary? There's an open and frank conversation with friends. I'm not saying we solved every all the world's problems are solved with the conversation. No, that's not what I'm saying. Just saying that it makes a little bit of headway. And it it does create you know strides in people's behaviour that we could see. But yeah, just to sum up a point, it's just you know I think we should talk about it more, hold each other more accountable. Um, and question why people believe what they do, and yeah, that's what. Sarah, what are you what are you saying? You've always got a very good. Well, I guess by day, we used to like remove like the sticker around talking about it. We don't want to shun it and say, "Oh, masculinity is bad." Don't say anything about it. We should open up the conversation, call people in, and say, "We need to talk about this." Don't hide it away and feel, oh, I just need to conform to it. Um, whatever the people are saying, it doesn't matter. We need to call people in and say, we are here to talk about it and express your feelings. This, this, despite, all right, yeah, I was going to do, Gabriel, sorry. Okay. So I think that 
for a good friendship, I don't think it's really needed to talk about this kind of stuff. Because like, when me and my friends, we joke, each, we joke about each other in a loving way. We don't, we don't need to talk about these kind of things. We don't feel the need to. And yet we still had a good friendship. So I think if you're going to be a good friend with someone, yes, you can talk about it. But I don't think it's something that you need to talk about. That's interesting. That's interesting because I think it's, it's funny because when I was uh, younger as well, it was just easier for me not to call out things like this. But then once you get to an age where harm happens and you see these behaviors sort of manifest into people, right? The banter in playground becomes actual you know, people's lives, you know, getting like sort of harmed in such, such a way. I think I would take a much less sort of a, looking back, I would take a much less lenient um, approach to those things. You know, I always believe, I, I was always a big believer, I was just banter, you know, just between friends, you know, we don't really mean any of it. But you see, I, I always felt like it was something you, you sort of grow out of, but you don't, you see people don't grow out of those things. Mm. It actually manifests and keeps it. And then when they, as they've grown up, they just don't it, like what's changed is that the banter becomes actions and once it becomes actions it's very it's sort of that's when it starts actually harming lives um in certain some um in certain ways so yeah i mean i agree with gary it doesn't have to be every conversation you know you don't have to always talk about you know you did the fraud but it's just that every time there is just a comment made like that you just be like man i, I mean yeah maybe that's all right but i just don't feel like it's comfortable why do you think that no right like yeah, I don't. I, I'm not saying you have to talk about it. Mm. I just think it'll be like you don't feel afraid to do it. Exactly. Because I want people to be able to like in school not feel like they're gonna get a tactical gay over whatever they say. I want them to feel more open to the idea of talking about it and don't feel like they have to shy away from it because of societal standards. Definitely. Like, if I be honest, I I definitely agree with what of this mass opinions but what i want to point out was the thing is the system is really hard for us to actually speak out and be really open to each other and what it what it, i think if i'll be honest to you right now i think our school that went during my secondary really had really had this pressure of not speaking of that you should tell let's say like toxic masculinity like to them, toxic masculinity. It's really hard to stand up and say it because you can be just socially buried just one second later. And it's really in that kind of environment and you've seen that a lot, you just become a social bystander. Like what if they say, just not say anything, just say I'm fine. Just continue with the banter. And at the end, in the very end, you just end with an action, which, which ends time. I'm not saying that every school is like that. Um, Saying typically my school was very shut down in that way. I'm just not able to talk freely and have an open minded conversation. And I think in order for us to do that is to have, I think firstly is to talk with your friends about privately, not in like a very big group. Yeah. It's privately just one-to-one. I feel like this way, what do you think? And just see their reaction. I think that's the best way to find out. What do you think happens? Yeah, no, no, I agree, I agree. Uh, but I've said the thing, the issue would be that you guys have hit something good. You guys were saying that you felt like some of your conversations with your peers are surface level, so they need yeah. to be the. the That's exactly it. You see how like all of that just leads yeah. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, if you had more like sort of like formed bonds with someone, you can be more open and say like, "Look, this how I feel." Like. Mm-hmm. And if guys were 
allowed to be more emotional, naturally they'll become much more emotionally supporting. And therefore these, those interactions just will be heard and be like taken on board. But as of now, we're, not, we're still working on it. Yeah, I think if I've been private, right? It's like, you know, we've all gone through COVID stage. And for us right now, it's just the lack of bonds between our friends is causing like this kind of problems of not able to fully open to each other. And I think I just want to, if I could tell to other people right here in the room, if they're like younger, just have like, try to have the open conversations with your friends and just talk about if you have any problems. Let's say they keep making a banter about being homo like being homophobic or being gay. Just, just say like sometimes and stand up for it and be like, I don't like that joke. Could you like stop holding? But I think it's incredible the extent to which this discussion has gone and the depth um, of it. And when you continue conversations like these, like you were saying, we can obviously have a more open atmosphere and hopefully uh, the idea of, of toxic masculinity would either be reduced or hopefully eradicated. Um, but thank you to all of our guests for being here with us today and taking the time to share their insights and experiences. Um, if you would like to be a member on our next podcast, please get in touch with us via Instagram, uh, DM at the AFC underscore KR Youth Council, or email the Youth Council on info at Kingston Richmond Youth Council you can follow uh, at KLYC Youth Council on Twitter and at AFC underscore KR Youth Council on Instagram. Thank you for listening. And if you're interested in podcasts about issues facing young people, please check out other episodes of our Youth Voice podcast on Spotify. Stay safe. Bye. 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 Bye.